If you're wondering how to make your food budget work each week, then we've got supermarket shopping hacks that can help. Head to witch.co.uk to get answers on how to spend less at the supermarket. When life gives you questions, which get answers. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. So we're talking about Vinted and, and Etsy and those type of sites. They're going to automatically report to HMRC how much the sellers on their sites are earning. HMRC will then take that information in, analyze it and, and see who isn't declaring income. Remember, you can reduce your bill to HMRC by claiming various reliefs and allowances when you file your return. This can range from business trips to office running costs such as stationery and even energy. We have concerns about the service levels that are provided through the digital channels um, and how helpful they are and concerns about whether HMRC actually have the resources they need. It's that time of year again, tax season. So this week on the podcast, we're here to give you the need to knows ahead of the self-assessment deadline. We'll be going through the mistakes to avoid and chatting about all the other tax changes that could impact your finances over the months to come. And to help us work through it's all on the podcast today, I'm very pleased to say I'm joined by which senior writer, Matthew Jenkin, and senior manager at tax advice specialist, independent tax, Guy Smith. Hello both. Hi there. Hello. Well, let's kick things off then with the basics, shall we? Matthew, the self-assessment deadline is coming up at the end of the month. So first things first, when is it? And who needs to file a tax return? Yeah, sure. So the deadline is the 31st of January, and that's for filing and paying. And uh, who needs to do it? Well, if you've received any income in 2022-23 financial year, that you haven't already paid tax on, then you'll need to file a self-assessment tax return. And, you know, we're not just talking about the self-employed here. Other taxable income sources include rental income, profit made from selling assets such as a second property or valuable possessions, income from investments in company shares, paid through dividends, and even tips or commission. Self-assessment also applies to people earning extra cash on the side in addition to their main jobs, uh, whether that's from selling handcraft goods or, or delivering takeaways. So lots of people, really. Can we go into a bit more detail about what I think we can call side hustles? Because aside from those regular you know, self-employed workers, and um, this is a group who might not realise they might need to file a report in the coming weeks. Now, I think there's been a lot of um, misleading reporting about this recently because mm-hmm. the, the people that HMRC are trying to target aren't people who are clearing out their garage or their loft once a year and, and selling a few, you know, things that they don't use anymore. Mm. What HMRC are looking for are people who are trading on the, on the side, which, which mm. is where the side hustle comes from. So, for example, say somebody has set up a business making jewellery at the weekends or they're making greetings cards or something of that nature, and and they're doing it because that with the cost of living crisis, they, they've needed to bring more money in to help pay the bills. And, and what might have started off as a hobby, which was and a very occasional thing, has taken off and has actually become a business where there's, a, where there's frequent sales and there's a profit motive, and they're actually trading. Now, now there is a trading allowance of £1,000. Now, the important thing to remember about the trading allowance is that that is the gross figure. 
So if somebody has made a profit of 3,000 but incurred mm-hmm. expenses of two and a half, 500 is a net profit. You don't pay attention to what the net profit is. It's the gross figure that counts towards the trading allowance. So if you've right. been if you've been running a side hustle and you've earned over a thousand pounds gross from it, then you need to declare it to HMRC. And I suppose while we're on that point, you know, what happens if you don't declare it? What 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 then happens? Well, HMRC are going to be automatically told from the from the start of this year that the online marketplaces, as HMRC calls them, so we're talking about Vinted and um, and Etsy and those type of sites, mm-hmm. they're going to automatically report to HMRC how much the sellers on their sites are earning. HMRC will then take that information in, analyse it and, and see who isn't declaring income. Mm-hmm. Now, what HMRC will do, they won't just look at what's happened from the, the start of this month. They will look at whether those people have been trading for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so HMRC will go back if the people have been earning over a £1,000, HMRC will go back and assess the old years. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets complicated because it comes down to behaviours. Why hasn't that person declared that income before now? So this is extremely crucial information for anyone who might need to file a return with a side hustle. And so anyone who does then need to file a report, Matthew, what information should you have handy when it actually comes to sitting down and submitting? You know, what details are HMRC likely to ask for? Sure. So, I mean, at the very start, before making a start, get together all the relevant documents and information that you need to complete your self-assessment form. That includes your unique tax reference number, uh, national insurance number, your P60 form if you're employed, invoices, bank statements, tenancy agreements, student loan statements, and details of any benefits you've received. Um, It's also a good idea to go through your current and savings savings account statements for the relevant financial year. Uh, Make a list of all the different places your money is coming from, basically. Uh, That way you'll have a much better idea of which income sources you need to declare and which taxes may be due. Now, remember, you can reduce your bill to HMRC by claiming various reliefs and allowances when you file your return. This can range from business trips to office running costs such as stationery and, and even energy. It, if your workplace is at home, uh, then you can also claim a proportion of bills for the time you're working. It's very complicated uh, mm. and there's lots of exceptions. So it's always a good idea to maybe go to on, onto the HMRC website and check uh, which expenses you can and cannot claim. And, and of course, make sure you all, all also keep all your relevant receipts and bills as evidence. And Guy, at Independent Tax, you offer a wealth of advice to your clients. And I know you also worked at HMRC for a number of years. So can we talk about some of the most common questions or pitfalls people need to avoid when submitting a tax return? Well, I think Matthew touched on an important point in in what he's just said. And it's very important to remember the tax year that you're reporting on. Because when you're doing a self-assessment return, you're always reporting on what's happened in history. When they're completing their tax return, they need to remember it's the 6th of April twenty two to the 5th of April 23. And so mm-hmm. they need to make sure they claim the right income for the right year on the right return. That's all, that can always be a mistake because people forget which year they're um, reporting about and they, they enter the wrong details. Mm. The second thing is lots, lots of people will do, they will just look at what they filed last year and think, oh, I need to complete the same boxes as I put on the last tax return. It's easy to forget something that might have happened as a one-off during the year that you might have forgotten. And those are the things that get missed, something that's happened that wouldn't normally happen and that might get missed off, off a return. I think the final thing to say is is to make use of the other information box. Mm. 
if if you're if something has changed, you need to put an explanation in the white box because when the tax returns go in to HMRC, they're not looked at by a human. They're looked at by a computer. And a computer risk scores the return as to whether it's right or wrong and whether HMRC are going to ask more questions about it. So if something has changed in somebody's circumstances during the year, put something in the white box to explain it so that when somebody in HMRC does look at it to think, well, do we need to ask questions about it? They can read the other information box and see what's happened. Well, for today's episode, we've also been speaking to Joanne Walker from the Low Incomes Tax Reform Group, and she's concerned about the lack of support for anyone struggling to complete their return before the deadline. In terms of reforming the tax system, it's a, it's a huge topic. Um, and I, It could almost be the topic of a, a separate podcast. On the one hand, uh, HMRC are very much pushing digital services at the moment. Um, And as part of this, they've started to introduce seasonal closures of their self-assessment helpline. And this is partly to try and shift customer queries to digital channels. But of course, and I think it's in the middle of a, a seasonal closure at the moment, this isn't really ideal when you're trying to get your self-assessment tax return completed and people often need to be able to speak to someone at HMRC when they are trying to complete their tax return. We have concerns about the service levels that are provided through the digital channels um, and how helpful they are and concerns about whether HMRC actually have the resources they need. And now, just before we take a break, Guy, I'd love to chat more about something I've not heard widely discussed anywhere, a super powerful AI system keeping an eye on our finances from HMRC. Yeah, HMRC have got this very powerful computer called Connect. All the information that HMRC receives from third parties, so credit card companies, it receives information from the land registry. It has information about voters list entries. It has um, it will be getting all the vintage bits, all that sort of stuff going in. It gets reports from Airbnb. It gets lots of information from Coinbase and some of the other crypto platforms. All of that information gets fed in, into Connect, and then Connect basically joins the dots to do to do risk assessments, and it, it pieces together like a jigsaw and says, right, of the people that we see on here, who are we confident that is is, is filing a, an accurate tax return? Mm-hmm. And based on the information we've got in here, who isn't? So, for example, if, if HMRC are, are risk assessing an individual, they might look at their means position and think, right, OK, then we know that person bought a bigger house during the year. Mm-hmm. How did they fund that house? Their income is is 40,000, say, for example, it's 40,000 on the tax return, but they bought a house worth 500,000. How have they managed to do that based on what they're declaring to us? So mm-hmm. it can be from a means point of view, or it might be, if we go back to side hustles again, it might be, well, hang on, this person's earning earning income from selling on, on Etsy, but we can't see that's on the tax return. That hasn't been declared. That might prompt an investigation. So it's Connect brings it all together, all, the, all the, the information together, and makes it easier for HMRC to target the people that might not be paying the right amount of tax. We'll be back shortly to talk about some of the other tax changes we can expect in 2024 and what we might see announced in the upcoming budget in a few months. Scammers are stealing hundreds of millions of pounds every year. They bombard us with fraudulent texts, emails and calls. And what's more, their tactics are getting increasingly sinister. To keep across the latest scams, sign up to our free scam alert service to help you stay ahead of the latest scams and protect yourself. 
go to witch.co.uk forward slash scam alert dash newsletter. That's witch.co.uk forward slash scam alert dash newsletter. Thank you. So Matthew, 2024 is a year that sees a few notable changes to the tax system, many of them announced in last year's autumn statement as we covered on the podcast. Can you give us a reminder of what's changing this year? In terms of tax, there are two big changes to watch out for this year. The first uh, was a cut to national insurance rates, um, which the government have been quite keen to um, promote. Um, So employed workers are already benefiting from a reduction of class one employee national insurance contributions. That was cut from uh, 12 to 10% for workers earning between £12,570 and £50,270. And this came into force on the 6th of January. So you might already be aware of that. If you're self-employed, on the other hand, you might be pleased to hear that from April this year, class two contributions, currently a flat rate of £3.45 a week, that's going to be abolished. Meanwhile, the class four national insurance rate, which self-employed workers also pay, will fall from 9% to 8% on profits over £12,570. And that means a self-employed worker earning £30,000 a year would save £354.10 in 2024-25. That's the financial year I'm referring to, uh, compared to 2023-24. So the current financial year that we're in. If you own investments outside an ISA or are planning to sell a second home or other valuable asset, you also need to be aware of upcoming cuts to tax-free allowances. So under current rules, you can make gains of up to £6,000 before paying any tax. Uh, That's down from £12,300 in 2022-23. From April this year, April 2024, the capital gains tax allowance will be reduced further to just £3,000. Similarly, the dividend allowance was halved from £2,000 in 2022-23 to £1,000 in 23-24. It will be reduced even further to £500 in April. So that's quite, it's another 50% cut. It's a mix of good and bad news for taxpayers, really. Well, speaking of, you know, whether it's good or bad, just a few days ago, I saw a story posted on the government's website headlined 1000 yearly tax cuts for households from today. And, you know, as a headline, it does sound pretty good, doesn't it? All very positive. But of course, we have just entered into a general election year. Guy, I'd really like to know what you make of all the changes and how much of an impact you think they'll likely have on people's finances. I think it's important to remember that the personal allowance and the tax rate bans have been frozen until the 5th of April 26, and they've been frozen for a while now. Mm-hmm. And that's dragging more people into tax, into the higher rate of tax. It basically, people have to make, pay more tax because the rate bans and the personal allowance aren't rising in line with inflation. Mm-hmm. And of course, over recent times, we've had a peak of inflation. And so those personal allowances would have gone up quite substantially, uh, you know, and reduced people's tax burden. So I think what we're seeing is giving with one hand uh, like the, the national insurance cut, whilst taking away with the other hand. With the budget coming up on the 6th of March, I, 
I think it will be very much a, a giveaway budget as far as the government can do, because they obviously want to be elected again. Well, let's talk about that a bit more then, shall we? You know, the Chancellor is expected to make tax a key part of his budget when he delivers it to the House of Commons in March. Matthew, what rumours are we hearing at the moment? It's very early days, really. Uh, and most rumours tend to happen a little bit nearer to the time they, uh, w- when we're more likely to have sort of uh, uh, leaks from Downing Street. But with a general election, as you said, expected at some point this year, possibly as early as May, we could see the Chancellor trying to woo voters with more tax cuts. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak promised to reduce the basic rate of income tax during his 2022 leadership campaign. So it's possible we might see changes announced in the spring budget. He might also bow to continued pressure from Tory MPs to reform or even abolish inheritance tax. That's something that people have been calling for for a long time. Um, It's currently paid, though, by fewer than 4% of estates. So it's a very small number of people who are uh, who, who are liable to pay inheritance tax. That, that would really only you know, benefit the, the most wealthy, wouldn't it? Absolutely. But as Guy mentioned, you know, uh, with high house prices and, and frozen thresholds, Guy was mentioning about th- frozen thresholds, mm-hmm. you know, it means more people are, are sort of predicted to fall in, into this net in the future. So it could affect mm-hmm. more people in the future. Um, as already mentioned, uh, the amount investors can take from dividends or capital gains tax, uh, tax-free, tax is set to half from April to £500 and £3,000, respectively. Could there be a last-minute pre-election respite? You know, we'll, we'll have to see. But, you know, all these changes, um, I think, will become a little bit clearer nearer the time when we're more likely to see leaks. And finally, Guy, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Is it looking like it could be a slightly better year for our taxes? I think so, because I think it will be a very election-focused budget. Um, mm-hmm. So what I think what the Chancellor will say is that with the inflation coming down and the cost of servicing the country's debt reducing, he will say he's got further headroom to, to give um, money back in the form of either lifting tax thresholds or reducing the basic rate band. And I think they will they will make those changes happen quite quickly so that people will feel the benefit of them before the next election. Personally, I don't think the election will come as quickly as May, because if the if the changes come in at the 6th of April, I think the government will want people to feel the benefit of that over a few months. Mm-hmm. So if anything, I, if I was a betting man, I'd go for an election at perhaps August, September, October time, sort of late summer, early autumn, when the national insurance changes, reductions would have, would have been felt and any tax cuts that he's going to announce in the budget will have been felt as well. Well, it's been a super insightful show today. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, a huge thank you again to Matthew and Guy for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch our new episodes as soon as they drop. For daily money news and advice, you can find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was written and presented by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lily Jones and edited by James Rowe. You've probably heard of Witch Magazine, our home of hard-hitting journalism and informative stories delivered directly to our members. There's our travel, money and tech mags too. But did you know you can hear some of our best articles for free, available to listen to whenever you like? 
Each week on the Witch Shorts podcast, we bring you a specially selected story, lovingly voiced and produced especially for you, on a whole range of fascinating topics. Just search Witch Shorts wherever you're listening. Are you wondering if you can get a better mortgage deal and you're not sure where to start? Whether you're a first-time buyer or you're looking to remortgage, we're here to help you get answers. Just head to witch.co.uk for expert advice.